What's up, guys? Welcome to the Call Tact Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in. I hope that this episode and this series is beneficial to you. When I first started the podcast, when I first felt like the Lord was calling me to do more for Him, I was at a point in my life where I was trying to find out as much as I could about Jesus. And through seeking different avenues, trying to find different sermons, trying to find different podcasts, I couldn't find exactly what it was that I needed. And I felt in that time that the Lord was telling me, stop looking for it and create it yourself. And so that was what, along with a couple of other things, that was kind of the birth of this whole Call to Act podcast. And so being over a year, it's like a year and a half into the, the podcast now, I feel like I'm finally coming forth with the series that he has laid on my heart for me to do from the beginning. And so a lot of these notes and stuff that I'm going to be going over these next couple of weeks are things that I've had written down for a year, but it's kind of just come to a point where it's, it's his timing. It's not our timing. And so this was something that couldn't be rushed. This is something that is, I feel needed right now. So this month of September, um, I'm going to be going over who is Jesus. And now I do not have all the answers. I encourage you guys to do research in your own time, but I'm going to come forth with the things that helped me and the things that really strengthened my faith and the things that to me are indisputable in proving who Jesus was, not just in scripture, but throughout history from people outside of the Bible, different figures, different historians, things like that. And so I'm excited for this month of episodes and how I'm going to do it is it's going to be either three or four episodes. I'm not completely sure yet. This first episode is going to be about the validity of the Bible, because I feel like in order for us to determine who Jesus was, we have to determine that what we read from scripture is real and accurate and that it is a document that we can read with confidence, knowing that this is the truth. And so that's what we're going to get into this episode today. And then the next couple of weeks after that, it's going to be just about who is Jesus. Um, and I think somewhere in between, I'm going to have a guest. I'm not exactly sure for the schedule yet, but I'm just excited about this month of September. And I hope that this is something that you guys enjoy, are able to glean something from. And that's something that the Lord has put on my heart for me to say about this topic. Um, it's something that is helpful to you. And if you are someone who knows someone that is trying to find out more about Jesus or you're trying to find out more about Jesus yourself, I hope this helps you. And if you know someone that is trying to find out more about Jesus, um, I ask that you would pass this along to them. I'm not going to read a review or anything like that over these next couple of weeks, maybe even this month, just because I don't want there to be any kind of like gimmicks or anything behind that because I take this topic very seriously. And um, so I just want to get right into the episode. So with that being said, hope you guys enjoy. God bless. Welcome to the Contact Podcast. is Jesus. And so we're going to kind of kick that off this week. And so today I'm joined with my pastor, Patrick Williams. Um, I'm excited. This is the second time that you've been on, and I believe you are the first reoccurring guest that I have. Oh, wow. Second. Either oh, the first wow. or second. Yeah, yeah. There's some pressure right. now. No pressure. No pressure. Okay. I, um, I talked to you about it before a couple of weeks ago, how I was planning on doing this little kind of mini series. And I wanted to start out by talking about the validity of the Bible because- sure. Like in order for us to talk about who Jesus was, like first we have to say like we can believe that the Bible is an accurate document. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
And so um, I was in, you know, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, how we just started coming to Sunday school not that long ago. Right. And the first week that we came, you had just started Colossians. Yeah. And you were kind of given the background to Colossians, you know, when it was written, this and that, all these facts. And in that moment, right then, I felt like the Lord was telling me, okay, you need to ask Patrick if he'll come on to talk about. Yeah. The about. So that's awesome. Ex- so thank you for coming on today. I'm excited Absolutely. about this. So um, you've been on before. It's been a while. But um, I don't know if you remember or not, I do something called the big three where I just ask yeah. three random questions to get started. So actually, okay, so you're my second reoccurring guest because I've done this once before. So I'm going to give you the option. Okay. So you can choose either you, we can do the three questions again, or I do another thing whenever I do a solo episode called What's Up, where I just tell a random story of something that's happened this week or a funny story that's happened in your past when you were in high school. It could be anything, any random thing. So you can choose. Do you want to do the three questions or do you want to tell a little random story? Let's do the three questions. I ask the three questions. Three questions. You got it. All right. So question number one, if you could only smell three things for the rest of your life, what would it be? Wow. (laughs) This is tough. Me and Kelly were thinking about this earlier when I was writing this down. Like three specific things? Yeah. Okay. Like like bacon or cake or Um, fresh cut grass. Yeah, that's definitely up there. Fresh cut grass, definitely up there. Um, fall, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, just how it, it's part of that Christmas that's in the air and uh, just that smell of fall. So that one's up there. Um, and if I can get by with it, I'm going to say food just because it's, uh, it's so much part of how we taste and everything. So yeah, I'm going to go with those three. Yeah, that's, that's tough. It's tough to narrow down because there's so many good smells. Like we were trying to, me and Kelly were talking about it as I was writing these down. And she was like, I would say the kids, like when they were babies or something, the baby smell. Right. Yeah. She was like, would you do that? I was like, I'd probably take bacon over that. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right. So uh, question number two, if you could bring back any menu item, what would it be? Oh, any menu item? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Philly's used to have a grilled chicken sandwich that I love. Uh, I still love it. So you can kind of recreate it. You got to order one sandwich minus a whole bunch of stuff and add some other things. But uh, just straight menu item, I'd have to say the I'm pretty simple. But the grilled chicken sandwich from Chili's old school grilled chicken sandwich was pretty good. So yeah, that, and whenever you try to recreate it too, they always leave something out or add something yeah. you don't want. Or so. I forget to take something off and add something. So but yeah, it's yeah. just. It's amazing. So, Mm-mm. yeah, they always take away the best stuff for some reason. Seems uh, like I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get either. it. Do you remember uh, when I was in high school? Me and my high school friends were all big fans of Taco Bell, you know, because it was cheap. Right. Do, do you remember those flatbreads that they used to have? That yeah, I do. Like, now, as you say it, yeah. That's probably like 2012, 2011, something like that. Yeah. Those were so good. They were like 99 cents or 89 cents or something like that. I don't know why they won't bring those back. We used to love those back right. in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So question number three, an actor or an actress that anytime you see them in a movie, you stop and watch it. Might be, might be, uh, that's, that's a toss up between Tom Cruise and Michael J. Fox, because, uh, back to the future, if any back to the future is on, as I'm scrolling, I stop and watch a few minutes of that. Uh, and then talk just the Top Guns, Mission Impossible's, um, a few good men. A few good men's another one that if it's on, I stop and watch for a few minutes. So, 
not necessarily the actors, but those movies have the actors in them, and it's uh, there's so many. They've yeah. both done so many good ones. So uh, yeah, yeah. Plus uh, Michael J. Fox in um, Back to the Future, he had the Air Mags. I don't know if you're a big fan yeah. of shoes or yeah, yeah those Air Mags. Yeah, those uh, those shoes are pretty crazy. Those are crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah, try to look those up now, but they're all crazy um, expensive now. So uh, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so for somebody like me, because I'm a big fan of shoes, it's it's hard for me to to find some nowadays that are under you know two hundred dollars. That are I know. it's crazy. So it's crazy. So anyway, so that's the big three. Just kind of a little warm up to get things going. So sure. um, let's just jump right into it. The I've done a little bit of homework behind this, you know, cause I wanted to be yeah, prepared. Absolutely. So let's just start out with this. If, um, somebody came up to you and asked you, why do you believe the Bible? Like, why do you believe that it's true? Why do you think it's authentic? Like the, the, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like the inspired word of God, what would right. you say? What would you say? Um, oh, I, I mean, for me, I believe, I just believe when you look at, when you look at nature, when you look at everything around us, um, you know, the old, and I forgot who put, who put forth the idea, but if you see a clock on the wall, you, you know that some, there has to be a clockmaker because it functions too perfectly. So for me, when I look at creation, I see that, uh, we, we are all expecting, uh, temperatures to drop here soon because it's fall and that's what it does. We're expecting the sun to set in a few hours because of the uh, regularity with which creation works. And so I, I, I say that creation tells us there's a creator and because we know there's a creator, uh, he's given us his word. So, um, that's where, that's where I would go with my belief in scripture, in the created order, all those types of things. Then if there's a created order, then it makes sense that the creator would give us, um, would, would tell us about him in some way, as much as we can understand. Yeah. So from a pure faith standpoint, um, that's where I go with that. Uh, now, I know for some, that's not enough. And so we need to get into some, uh, maybe some more academic uh, discussions, if that's if that's the correct phrase there. Yeah. And that's where you just get into the consistency of uh, the copies that we have, something I think we're going to get into here in just a little bit. But when you look throughout time, um, the copies that we have, they're all so similar. Um, the gospel accounts are all so similar. The um, the entire New Testament is it's similar themes running throughout all of Paul's letters uh, with different writers. And that may be some information you have. I don't have it in front of me, but just the number of different writers going to the number of different places, the New Testament letters and books went uh, and it's all the same. And you can't like you can't do that on our own. We can't man can't just manufacture that. Well, there's going to be inconsistencies. There's going to be differences uh, the fact that it never contradicts itself, those kind of things. Um, for me, it's just the, the mere belief that I believe we all have to have at some point. But there, he gave us some uh, some academic reasons to believe that it is what it says it is also. so. Yeah, and I th I've talked to a couple different atheists because anytime you're willing to put your faith out there, you're going to have, you know, atheists coming at you, especially on social media. And one thing that I've, I've just said back to them is like, if you just look in scripture, if you actually look in scripture, because a lot of these people that, and I want to encourage anybody that's listening to this today, like, don't just take our word for it. Just because you hear it on a podcast, like do the research yourself, do the homework yourself. This is just what 
you know, my, the stuff that I've found out, the stuff that Patrick's talking about, this is stuff that we've studied on our own time. And so, you know, you kind of want to put in that work as well right. um, for yourself, just because it'll kind of deepen your faith as well um, to figure things out on your own. But um, for the sake of the conversation, we're just going to come forward with what we have. But whenever I've talked to an atheist, they'll say something like, you know, the Bible isn't real or this, or that they don't really give you a, a good argument. And so I just kind of come back to them with like, okay, do you believe in something as simple as if you do, if you work hard, like an athlete, if he trains his body, if he exercises, if he practice, he's going to get better at that craft. And then they come back with, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, Galatians 6, 9 talks about, you know, if you basically, I'm paraphrasing, but if you put in the hard work, you're going to reap what you sow if you don't give up, you know, so you just look throughout scripture, the things that are just, um, kind of throwaway sayings, even where like cliche that people say like karma, you know, that's sowing and reaping, you know? So just right. all these different things, just looking at it from that standpoint, we can say, okay, there's, there's at least something to the Bible that you need to read that we're literally in culture, just taking things out of the Bible, but then changing them to act like it's not from scripture. You know, you talked about like the manuscripts and stuff like that. I know that there's, um, right. a ton, there's so much more manuscripts, of the Bible and the different variants. We'll talk about that in a minute, but there's so many different manuscripts of the Bible more so than you line it up with other historical facts or other historical figures mm -hmm. throughout time. And when I think about that, it just shows that there's like a supernatural pushback. So like the Bible is held to such a higher standard than anything else, just because Satan doesn't want the truth to be revealed. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he, do you, just real quick, uh, you said something kind of piqued my interest, but you talked about, you know, when you talk to atheists and I heard someone say this one time and it, when you're, when you're talking with an atheist, someone who doesn't believe in God or the created order, or any of those things, we all have a concept of fair, fair and unfair. Um, and if there is no created order, if there is no God, then there is no such thing as fair and unfair. If it's random, it's random. Uh, so we can't, it's, uh, the example I've heard was when you, uh, the cue ball breaks uh, billiard balls on a billiard table. They're going in random places unless something caused something to happen. Um, and so that's always a, a good, like you're talking about, you know, because almost everyone believes in fair and unfair. Well, if you believe in fair and unfair, someone had to set that order of what's fair and what's not fair. Right. Um, and so uh, because if it's just all chaos that came together, then we should expect chaos. We shouldn't expect regularity. We shouldn't expect fair. We shouldn't expect uh, any kind of moral code at all. Uh, but almost everybody does. And so that that's, that's somewhere to maybe start in those kind of conversations is just, you know, if you believe it's all random, then we should just accept random and, and go from there. But very few people actually accept random as a, yeah. uh, as a thing to believe. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and two, I, I think it takes almost more faith to believe that there is no end. you know, there is no, you know, after right. you die here on earth and that's just it. I, I believe there's, there's more faith because I've heard somebody say before that it's like, if I spent my whole life following, um, or, or, or under the, uh, lens of like a scriptural lens and trying to please God, you know, at least we're trying to live our life the best that we possibly can and, and right. treat others with respect and do the right thing. And so at the end of your day, at the end of the day, if there's nothing left after this, at least you lived your life in a positive way. Right. Sure. But if we're uh, correct and they're wrong, then you know what I'm saying? That's not right. a good ending for you, you know? So, right. um, which I know that that's not really, you can't really use that as like a fact against someone or whatever, right. but 
Um, so yeah, so let's get into like a little bit of the manuscripts just cause the, yeah. um, I, I want, I want this to be an episode where if somebody is having doubts about scripture or if somebody, um, maybe they just started reading the Bible for the first time that they can kind of listen to and be like, okay, there is some validity to what I'm reading. And so I want people to, um, have confidence in what they're reading. That is the inspired word of God. So you're going to see me looking down some, like I said already, because I'm kind of rereading my notes a little bit, but um, I took a couple notes that I wanted to um, go over a little bit. And, um, first thing was, like I said, about the manuscripts and let's see, um, where did I want to start at? Okay. So first of all, with the manuscripts, like I said, we have like 6,000 manuscripts and this was, I believe, um, in the research that I did, this was from, from like 2016. So this okay. was seven years ago. So the, so the, it might be a little bit skewed. We probably, we might even have more information since then. Sure. Um, but from 2016, we had 6,000 manuscripts, um, in Greek we had, uh, let's see. No, I'm sorry. 6,000 manuscripts in Greek, 10,000 in Latin, um, 10,000 manuscripts in Syrian, Aramaic, Gothic. Um, so we have thousands of manuscripts of the new Testament that go even back like nine in from 90 years of John's life. Um, and so like you look at that and you look at even the accounts that Paul wrote, um, and what is it like second Corinthians, is it first or second Corinthians chapter 15, where that's like 15 or 20 years out from where Jesus had been crucified. Right. And resurrected. And so you look at all these facts. And like I said, the Bible is held to a higher standard, um, just from a cultural standpoint. So outside of the Bible, um, other than like just looking in scripture, what, how can we prove that the Bible is real outside of just scripture? Yeah. And the, and I think just in this, uh, I know you and I have talked about this and I mentioned it in a text that this subject came up in our Wednesday night uh, class that we're doing as well. And, um, and that's why I, I kind of want to uh, put it out there. Maybe to, it might uh, cause some people to have some concerns, but uh, where we're going, you'll see. But uh, I asked the question the other night, how many original copies do we have? None. And that have been found, how many original copies? And the answer is none. We don't have any of the originals. Uh, but that's where all these manuscripts come in because they're all so consistent. Yeah. All the different manuscripts are all so consistent. To me, that gives it validity. Uh, mm -hmm. We're doing a Wednesday night. We're going through a book. It's called The Lost Letters of Pergamum. Lost Letters of Pergamum. I meant to have one with me. It's by a man named Bruce. Uh, and I believe it's Longenecker, but it's L-O-G-E-N-E-C-K-E-R. But it's a it's a historical fiction, and he's using historical events, historical people from Scripture, and then uh, just from history. Uh, but it's a series of letters that have gone back and forth. But he uses historical facts, but he's kind of made up the story that goes along with the historical facts. But one of the things he talked about this past week was, um, the one a man's writing the letters to another man. It turns out to be Luke. We find out the gospel mm. writer and who wrote Acts. But he's writing to Luke, and uh, he's well, he's writing to um, a friend of Luke's at first, and he's asking this friend who has a massive library in Pergamum about um, he's wanting copies of the Odyssey and the Iliad by Homer, and the reason he wants these these copies that this one man has is because him and his friends have read different copies of the Odyssey and the Iliad, and there's discrepancies, there are differences within those writings. Uh, and in the class, we discussed it, and I think we came to the conclusion the Odyssey and the Iliad are probably the two most classical written um, stories, novels, whatever you want to call them, of all time. 
And if there's discrepancies in there, it just shows how easy there were to make discrepancies based on uh, who who copied it down, who did all these kind of things. And the fact that those exist in the Odyssey and the Iliad, but they don't exist in the manuscripts that we have, again, gives it validity. These are two of the most classical pieces of, of literature of all time. And they were careful to make sure that it didn't get changed, but um, they're, they, it got changed along the way. And even to the point where sometimes worldview uh, spoke to how someone, you know, they, you know, I know Homer wrote this, but what Homer really meant was something else. And so I'm going to change this to correct Homer's line of thinking. You know what I mean? And yeah. the fact that that did not happen in scripture, that the, the manuscripts that we have, they're also close. They're also similar tells us that they're, um, gives it that validity, you yeah. know, and yeah, uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah. And I, I know in my research, I see there's like a lot of people that have an issue with all the, um, variants too, when you talk about the manuscripts and stuff like that. But, uh, one thing that I thought that was interesting too, is a, a lot of these different variants are like just in spelling. Like if somebody spelled yes. John, J-O-N or J-O-H-N or, you know, right. there's, there's, you know, three or four different ways to spell John. So that would be considered a separate variant, but right. there's even with those little things like that, of just a little sparing spelling errors or this or that, it doesn't change the actual text itself, what it's saying. Right. Like you said, talking about like the consistency, it's, it's been consistent all the way throughout time. Right. And like you said, we have um, like the book of John, like I said, is, is we have, we have a piece of John that was, was 90 years out from when right. he wrote it, you know, and right. we have um, the scroll of Isaiah, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. So there's just, um, there's, there's people want so much more proof for anything that's spiritual or biblical right. than for any of these other writings. And I wrote right. down actually a couple examples of that. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't know any of these people. I'll be honest until I wasn't the best student when I was in school. So I sure. uh, didn't pay attention for a lot of these. You know anything about Pliny the Elder? I've heard scholar. his name. I've heard his name, but I don't know. Okay, so he was a scholar, and evidently there is uh, two hundred copies of his writing that, but they go back like seven hundred years to the original one. Um, so you go back to the validity question of that, like seven hundred years, and there's only two hundred. We have thousands of manuscripts, right. several within you know a hundred years of when they were originally written. Right. Um, Plutar. You know, a Greek philosopher, you know, things like him. Okay, so like I said, a lot of these names I didn't know until I started trying to look some of this stuff up. So he wrote um, something called Parallel Lives. But there's only four of those uh, biographies that that remain, and they were 800 years out from when they were written. Okay. Um, and uh, 800 years out was the closest copy of the original that they had. Um, Josephus, this was actually the only name I did know. He was a, you know, a Roman historian. Right. Um, uh, he wrote a lot of the history of the Jewish wars and things like that. There's only 26 copies of his writing. The closest to the original was 800 years or so. But, you know, no one seems to question anything about that. We just take it as like right. historical fact, even the fact of, like I said a second ago about um, the writing of Paul. Is it first or second Corinthians where he talks about? Um, it's, it's one of the two. I think I believe it's chapter 15 in one of those two chapters. Um, but we have more written and more eyewitnesses of Jesus throughout scripture and throughout these other uh, writings throughout time than we even have proof of like, say like Alexander the great, right. you know, but nobody questions that at all. Right. right. You know, 
And to be fair, I mean, to your listeners and to anyone, to be fair, I think the things that we're talking about should be held to a higher standard. Sure. Um, but there's, there is, I'm okay with that, but there are so many more facts. Like you're saying, no one, and I get it. If the, if the Iliad varied a little bit, you know, who cares, right? It doesn't overall change anything, but, um, so I think it's okay to be held to a higher standard and the, the Bible survives, scripture survives that higher standard because of the things that you're talking about. We have so many more copies written more closely to when they occurred, some written later, even copies of copies. Um, and like you said, it doesn't change. John may have been spelled differently. There's some commas and apostrophes that are either there or left out, those kind of things. Um, some people even point to uh, the different gospels, uh, talk about some different things, but that's four different people talking about the same event. And I love the way our senior pastor, Gary Jared, talks about it. if we saw a car wreck out here in the parking lot from four different angles, we're going to see the same event, but we're going to see different, a little bit different aspect to each one based on where we were, you know, who we were with, those kind of things. And so um, those are some of those variants. And, and like you mentioned, I'm glad you did that. People just want to talk about there's variants, but they don't want to say what they are. They don't want to mention that it's, you know, well, John spelled without an H here or, you know, something to that effect. And, and the meaning, it doesn't change the meaning at all. And that's one of the stories I like to tell the, the, our Saudi Daisy campus. I'm sitting in it right now. Uh, when we first bought the building, there were keys. And then, uh, you know, you take a key and get a copy made for someone else. And it, then it got to the point there were copies of copies being made of this key the master key, but it literally got to the point where it wouldn't unlock doors anymore because mm. each time it was copied, it changed just slightly. And the first nine, 10, 11 generations still would unlock the door. But by the time we got, you could even put the keys next to each other and you could tell it wasn't the same key. But, um, and that has not happened with the new Testament, the old Testament with scripture at all. Uh, there's, there's variance, but it doesn't change the uh, it doesn't change the meaning. It doesn't usually change the sentence. It doesn't change really anything. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the that's the care that's been taken to uh, to make sure that it stays the way that it um, was intended to stay. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say too about? Because I know we know the majority of the New Testament was written by Paul, and so when he would send these letters to these churches, what, how, how would they, in your opinion, how would they have known that this was inspired? Like, why would they keep up with it, with that kind of, you know, like seriousness and, and keep such good care of it um, in that time? Why do you think that was? Right. And that's interesting because, you know, there's been councils, there's been synods that uh, have people would say determine the books of the Bible and God determined what the books of the Bible were. These councils, these synods, they just confirmed uh, what God had already put forth. But but that's what's re really interesting is a lot of the history around Paul's letters specifically is that they considered them, uh, I don't know if we'd go as far as to say scripture, but they considered them something special the moment they received them. It wasn't like, it wasn't like they waited. It wasn't like they needed hundreds of years worth of research to find out that these were inspired. Um and I believe that's because they were inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit, that, that the Holy Spirit used Paul's traits, his characteristics, his writing style. He used all those things, but um, 
and I don't believe in dictation where the Holy Spirit just told him exactly what to write, but that he, um, like I said, used all of these characteristics of Paul to have these letters written. And, to, um, and I believe that's part of why they're still together today. Uh, I, th I believe that's why they've been maintained throughout. If we, if we believe that the Holy Spirit inspired them, then we can trust the Holy Spirit to uh, maintain their validity throughout time to keep them together, to make sure there's no changes and those types of things. And that goes back to what we talked about early on was, you know, if, um, if they're inspired, then uh, we don't have to worry about having original copies and all those kind of things. It just, it's, it's divinely inspired. And so it's been held together, it's been preserved. And that's what gives it its validity in my, yeah. you know, yeah. in my yeah. belief. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of those things too. Like I'm, I remember growing up whenever I was in like youth group or Sunday school classes or stuff like that, sometimes they would do that game where they would have all the kids line up in two different rows and they'd whisper something in the first kid's ear. Right. And by the time it got to the end, it was something completely different than what right. the first person said. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that just shows too, I know that's something that's kind of elementary, but like sometimes um, though, for, like for me, like I said, I wasn't the smartest, I'm not the smartest person in the world. When I was in high school, I didn't pay as much attention as I should. So I like to have things as simple as right. I could possibly have them, you know, right. and I know that I'm not unique in that way. I know there's people out there listening that, that feel the same way. So um, I just want to uh, just make this as easy for people to digest as they can. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and so uh, I had another question too. the um, 66 books of the Bible. I've heard people ask this before. You know, there's like um, the uh, what are they called? Extra biblical books like the, Maccabees uh, and yeah, Apo uh, apocryphal or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, apocryphal books. Yeah. yeah. So they're like what, what Maccabees, and I know the Catholic Bible has those books. It's four books, right? Uh, well, there's there's some include four, but there's upwards of fifteen to twenty that have been considered over time, questioned if they're you know part of Scripture or not. Those were. Yeah. And the councils and the synods that I mentioned earlier, uh, that's what they kind of looked into, some of those. Um, but there's, uh, there's been several of those. Yeah. So why, why you know, I know the Bible's real book on, uh, the Bible is a real big book on numbers and stuff like that, too. So like the Catholic Bible, I believe, okay, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe the Catholic Bible has 70 books, right? Or it sounds about right. Okay. So, you know, the Bible's real big on numbers and seven. So, you know, we have 66 books in our Bible, do you think maybe something was, was left out or they're onto something or no? No, I don't think so. Because, yeah. and that's again, if we, if we're going to believe that the Holy spirit inspired these writings, that it wasn't just men coming up with what they wanted to write. Um, if there's those kind of things, then, then we can trust that we have everything that God intended for us to have. Um, and some of those books you mentioned, you know, there's, uh, other people wrote gospel accounts. There was a gospel of Thomas, but, uh, and I should have had that with me, but there, there was a criteria of the books of the Bible that would had to be someone, especially the new Testament had to be someone who either saw Jesus personally or uh, was a close associate of someone who was with him a lot, uh, the time frame with which it was written. And so some of these come hundreds of years later after Jesus's life, and so that's why they weren't necessarily included. The The message has to be consistent with the other books of the Bible. And some of these um, are really close, but they're, they just vary in some other maybe teachings or things of that like nature. But 
again, I don't think anything was left out. If 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 we're going to trust that the that the Holy Spirit inspired them, then we can trust that He kept it together, and He's He's given us today the, everything that we need. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's always an interesting question because First uh, and Second Corinthians, uh, many scholars believe are really Second and Fourth Corinthians. As far as because in First Corinthians, Paul mentions another letter that he's already written and letters he's received and those sorts of things. And so just kind of a fun question to ask is if we if we find Third Corinthians, are we going to add it to the scripture today? Uh, and the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, not everything Paul wrote was inspired. If Paul read a, a letter to his mom, it wasn't necessarily inspired. You know? right. And so, again, we may find Third Corinthians one day. But um, that's where, and that's why I said at the very beginning, at some point, faith has to become a factor in this. We have to believe that we have what we need and that we have that what God wanted us to have. Uh, we have the thing, because even if when you read scripture, some of it gets confusing as far as, well, how does this work? How does eternity work? There's some things we're not going to understand right now. And so he's yeah. given us what we need for now. And he's given us enough to trust him and believe him, even if we don't understand everything. Because I just don't think we can right now, this side of eternity, know everything um, that happens with him, how he is, how he can be three persons in one, um, you know, one God, three persons. Like every metaphor falls short when you're trying to explain that. Sometimes the answer is just, I don't know. I don't understand it, but I believe it. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know even, I don't remember the exact verse off the top of my head, but I was reading it the other day. I believe it was in Ephesians where Paul talks about if anybody tries to present to you a different version of the gospel, um, I forget the wording that he used, but basically like, let them be accursed. And he right. even went as far to say, like, even if an angel comes right. before you and bring, presents you with a new gospel or something else, you know, right. there to be accursed. And so, right. um, yeah, I believe, what is it called? A closed canon? Um, yes. Yeah. So that, yeah, I believe in that too, that the, the scripture that we have just echoing what you're saying is what is intended for us to have and for us to um, walk by faith and just know that these are the things that the Lord saw fit for us to know on this side of heaven. Right. And some of these questions that, you know, maybe we didn't touch on something today that somebody has a question about um, some, some of the things that we're not going to have an answer for on this side of Right. You know, eternity is just something that we'll have to find out one day. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's all I got. That's that's all the questions that uh, that I had. You have you have anything else? Yeah. I just want to say, like, I love where you're starting because uh, I understand you're going into who is Jesus. And the way we know Jesus is through the scriptures that were written about him. The Old Testament who, who foretold of him coming. The New Testament who called, tells of him being here. Revelation who tells of him coming back. Like, that's how we know Jesus. And so this is a great place to start of, all right, if we're going to use Scripture to talk, tell us about Jesus, we need to make sure. And I loved how you said, uh, don't take our word for it. You know, yeah. we'll do some research on some of these things. And, um, you know, because it's it's out there as far as the, the similarities between everything and uh, and all that. So I love where you're starting and, and where you're going with this. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel um, whenever I started the podcast, I, f I was looking for to, to find out more about Jesus. I was trying to find out as much as I could about Jesus and I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for. And I felt like right. the Lord just kind of put it on me, like quit looking for it and just make it yourself. Yeah. And so that was February of 22. And, and it's been uh, you know a year and a half and we're finally getting to like kind of the place where it started. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to Hopefully, um, if you guys, I've said it before over the last couple of weeks talking about this, if y'all would pray for me, 
because this is something that I don't take lightly at all. Whenever you're talking about, you know, the validity of the Bible or Jesus or any of this stuff, it's not something that, you know, I take lightly. I take this very seriously. So yeah. I'm excited to see, and hopefully um, nothing will be said outside of what the Holy Spirit would have me to say over these next couple of weeks. Absolutely. So um, I started this a couple of weeks ago, basically, is because I know we're all on different walks. We're, we're all in different places in our faith walk and, and so forth. So is there something um, in your life going on right now, maybe something that you've read in Scripture or something that the Lord has been um, revealing to you or working on you, working inside of you or, or whatever um, that you'd be willing to share? Sure. And it's it's been for a while now. And uh, our senior associate pastor, Brian Smith, he just did a series on the Great Commission. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of talked through that on Sunday mornings and then our discussions on Sunday nights. And um, I'm just I've just been super convicted and really working on, you know, it says to go and to make disciples. And so uh, for me, some of that, if we're uh, sometimes we may need to change where we're going or what we're doing so that we can get into places where disciples need to be made. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people, and we've talked about this there, you get, you get comfortable with being around fellow believers. Um, and, and that's a great thing. We can encourage one another, but if we're always just with fellow believers, then no one's really going. And so, um, that's been big on my heart. I had a professor in seminary, uh, his name's George Robinson. And he would talk about, um, often that he was a member of a, a motorcycle group. And every time he said it, he said, now notice I didn't say a Christian motorcycle group. Uh, he would just, he loved motorcycles and he would go ride motorcycles with guys and look for opportunities to share the gospel with them. And so that's been uh, big on my heart for several months now of just, uh, if the normal places we go is not running us into un unbelievers, then maybe we should go some different places with some more intention of uh, just loving on people the way that, the way that Jesus did and the way that God has called us to love on other people. So. That's good. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that series that he did that he uh, talked about from Matthew. What is it? 28. Yeah. Um, the, um, I was actually just thinking about this the other day. So it's, it's, you know, obviously there's no coincidences that it just happened like this, but like um, my daughter Hadley, she's, she'll be one at the end of this month, which is crazy. I felt like she yeah. was born, but um, I was changing the trash yesterday night and she was sitting on the floor with her back to me. And I saw her, you know, she could sit up. She's old enough to sit up on her own. And I saw her kind of bobbing her head down, like her head would kind of go down to her knee and she would come back up and she was trying to hold her balance. And I was like, what is she doing? She kept doing that. And she kind of was picking her leg up a little bit. And I couldn't see, you know, the front of her at all because she had her back to me. And so I walk over there to look at what she's doing. And she had a pacifier clip um, and the pacifier was wrapped around her leg. Okay. She couldn't get to the pacifier. She was trying, she didn't know how to do it. Right. And so like in that moment, it, it just showed me, cause I was like, oh my gosh. So I helped her, you know, took wrap, unwrapped it and then put the pacifier in her mouth. But people don't know unless you show them, people don't Absolutely. know unless you help them. And so it just showed me like in that moment, like my daughter didn't know how to do that on her own. Right. So like when we talk about we're supposed to go and make disciples, it's like that people don't know. You can't just say, be a, be a good Christian or go out and do this. If you're not taught, if you don't know how right. to do it. Right. And so like, there's that responsibility for us to make sure that as believers, that we are um, grounded in our faith and, and trying to um, help younger believers grow alongside right. with us. But then also, like you said, trying to reach the loss as well. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. 
Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? I think that's it. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. This was this was um, this was exactly how I wanted to start it out. So, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Lord willing, we'll be back same time next week. God bless you guys. Thank <laughs> you.